0: My name is Richard R. Seibel from Defiance, Ohio, retired colonel, United States Army. I am the liberator of the concentration camp Mauthausen in Austria on the Danube River about 125 miles east of Vienna, Austria. The camp was liberated on May the 5th, 1945, and is the last concentration camp liberated uh, from the Germans or the Nazis, whichever you care to refer to them, uh, we had sent out a patrol in an effort to find the Germans who were ahead of us or contact the Russians. And our patrol discovered the concentration camp, Mauthausen, and radioed back to the effect that they had found. They didn't know what it was, whether it was a jail or a concentration camp or what, but there were a lot of people around, running around, and uh, so they reported via radio. I told them to return to our headquarters, at which time I organized a stronger patrol with some medical people and we went back, and I made an inspection of Mauthausen. I returned, and it was at that time, upon my return, that I was ordered back to Mauthausen to take command of the camp.
1: What did you see when you went in yourself that first time?
0: Well, uh, there were 18, I learned later, there were 18,000 people in the camp. Starved, sick, dying, and about 700 bodies in the camp that the SS had not had the opportunity to dispose of the bodies either by mass graves or by a gas chamber. And that was our initial uh, appearance in the camp. And I'll tell you, it was very shocking because. Uh, had never seen anything like it or ever heard of anything exactly like it. So here we were with this tremendous problem. Uh, I cannot prove this, but I, I'm quite positive in my own mind that I am the only combat soldier who ever commanded a concentration camp.
1: The, the conditions were very bad when you came oh, in. The were there any Germans left no. that were. Con-
0: all of the SS had evacuated the place, and as I understood <coughs> from prisoners, that there had been about 2,000 SS assigned uh, to the camp. Uh, they were all gone. Uh, where they went, I don't know, but they got out of their uniforms and uh, changed as fast as they could into civilian clothing uh, so that they wouldn't be captured. But there were a lot of them that were captured. And the commandant of the camp, Colonel Zerice, an SSR, uh, he was caught in civilian clothing. Uh, there was a patrol out that were looking for people, and they found him. And it was a tip from uh, his uh, wife because he had been living with a mistress uh, in one of the villages, the name I do not recall. And so they caught him and he tried to escape and he was shot three times. And uh, I have pictures of him on his deathbed, at which time in the questioning He denied any any and everything. He never hurt a person, nor did he ever give any commands to uh, injure or kill anyone. Uh, And uh, shortly thereafter, he died. (laughs) But uh, the atrocities, there was a Third Army War Crimes Commission that came to Mauthausen. And the major who was in charge of the uh, commission said, that of all the camps that they had investigated, the atrocities committed at Mauthausen were by far the worst. They did everything possible, I mean, beyond one's imagination, to harm and kill uh, people in the camp. Now, uh, there's conflicting figures as to the number of people that died at Mounthausen, but it was somewhere between 125 and 250,000 people uh, that were executed by any means that you care to to uh, imagine uh, beatings shootings and the such. Uh, The gas chamber held 125 people and they would tell them that they were going in for a shower And in the side of the wall, to another adjacent room, there was a hole, oh, maybe six inches in diameter, uh, where the exhaust of about a third horsepower electric blower stuck through. And they used a Cyclone B crystal, which was supposed to have been used exclusively for delousing. It was a cyanide gas, and they would dump two cans of this into the blower, turn it on, and in about 15 to 20 minutes, there were 125 dead people in the gas chamber. The crematory, which was adjacent through another small room, uh, ahead of that was a refrigerated room. The bodies were removed from the gas chamber, and put in the refrigerated room because the crematories couldn't handle them fast enough and they did not want their bodies to spoil. And so they were in the refrigerated room and then into the crematories. Uh, between the, the gas chamber and the refrigerated room was a small personal execution room for Zerice, the commandant of the camp, and I Gruber who is the Gauleiter of Upper Austria. They would have their personal executions there, either by hanging (coughs) or by by, uh, shooting in the back of the head. And one of the people that was there, a pole, gave me a ring, an Army ring that was removed from a second lieutenant, United States Army, who had been executed in that room. He gave me the ring. But, of course, there was no way of identifying who that gentleman was. Uh, All in all, Mauthausen, for a person going in, was absolutely bedlam. We had no water. Everything had been disrupted before we got there. No water, no sewage, no food, no power, nothing. And here are 18,000 people uh, being corralled, if you will, by combat troops who had no experience in uh, handling a situation of this kind. Uh, We did the very best we could. And the thing that surprised me more than anything else, of all these people that we had We thought we were the great White Fathers who were liberating these people who had been oppressed. Uh, The political strife that existed between nations, I couldn't believe that. There were 21 nations represented in the camp. And uh, as soon as they found out that uh, they were liberated, then they began fighting among themselves. I couldn't believe it really and truly. Uh, We had a riot, either the second or third day. And of course the probably the most detested person in the camp was what's known as a couple Mm -hmm. who is uh, an informer, if you will, for a few extra cigarettes or an extra piece of bread or something. And uh, this one one morning, uh, one of the Soldiers came in and said, you better come quick out the main compound. There's a uh, uh, bad trouble. There's four dead people out in the street with their throats cut. And it was at that time that we took very positive action. We segregated the whole camp by nationality. 18,000 people. We started at about 8 o'clock in the morning and wound up roughly at 10 o'clock at night to where we had the camp segregated by nationalities, and also the women all segregated. And from that time on, uh, things calmed down a bit.
1: Were there any children Oh, yes.
0: Uh, The children were left with the mothers, wherever the mothers, whatever location they went by, uh, that's where the children went.
1: There were some orphans, too, probably. Oh,
0: yes. Uh, the details of that I cannot recall, uh, because of the urgency of everything at that time. Uh, so, uh, they were well well cared for. Uh, down below the main camp was a bunch of wooden buildings called the Sanitate's Lager, And that is where all of the... Desperately ill people were taken. Uh, the condition of those barracks was absolutely unbelievable. There is a picture here of some women dead outside of the one building. It's it's very difficult to describe the conditions that, that really existed in the camp. I mean, you had to be there Uh, And I can understand why people uh, cannot imagine man's inhumanity to man uh, of the things that they did and the conditions that existed. We had nothing when we went into that camp, absolutely nothing. We had only sufficient rations to feed ourselves, combat rations. Uh, We had to start from scratch, and the doctor told me, he said, you cannot feed these people if you even hit a thousand calories that's almost too much and so we started out feeding them with very weak potato soup they had huge steam vats where they had uh, brewed uh, water almost water previously so we started off with uh, potato soup and as the days went along Uh, we made a little thicker. Mm -hmm. And then we found in Linz, Austria, a warehouse of dehydrated vegetables. Mm. So we brought all of those in and started mixing that with the potato soup. Uh, A little thicker, and uh, people began to perk up a little bit. We established a bakery. We didn't have the proper ingredients, but we made the bread out of oats. We had no yeast, and so we made bread uh, the, the food was, was pretty fair considering, and, uh, then, as time progressed, we started butchering horses, and then we would feed them potatoes, dehydrated vegetables, horse meat, and bread. I mean, it wasn't liquid anymore, it was solid food, and, uh, got along very, very well with that with that diet. I know I, I had a sample of every meal that was served in that camp to make sure that it was satisfactory for their requirements. Uh, this may be a little hit and miss. Uh, as, uh, as I skip around, I hope it makes sense. Uh, you know that the United States Army occupying this camp We did not receive one iota of help from any other nation in the world. It was strictly the United States. The only assistance that we received at all were four French nurses that came in, I don't know from where, in a French ambulance and uh, offered to assist.
1: How long were you in command of the camp until things...
0: Thirty-five days. I was there thirty-five days, and uh, uh, during that time, when I left, there were about uh, thirty-five hundred to four thousand people left in the camp out of an original approximate eighteen thousand people. They had all gone home.
1: So you were responsible for getting the different nationalities somehow back to their... Oh, yes.
0: Uh, Czechoslovakia used Mauthausen as the horrible example of Nazi atrocities. There had been somewhere in the neighborhood of about, uh, 2,500 to 3,000 Czechs in the camp, thereabouts, Himmler. Uh, who was the number one man, Uh, Mauthausen was one of his particular spots that he enjoyed to visit and they always put on uh, a show of execution and such uh, in the camp while he was there. But he is one of the uh, people responsible for the concentration camps in in Europe. Uh, One day uh, there were some ladies who were prisoners in the camp came in and said, "We have something for you." So I went outside, and here was an American flag that they had made out of scraps of clothing and anything else they could find. It was red, white, and blue. Uh, <clears throat> odd part of it was, of course, they didn't know how many states there were in the United States, and they had 56 stars <laughs> in the uh, star background. I immediately flew that flag over Mauthausen, the only American flag, to my knowledge, that ever flew over Mauthausen until many, many years later. Uh, I brought that flag home, and that flag was a treasured keepsake, and it was the property of my son, Peter, And that flag now rests in the Simon Wiesenthal Center in Los Angeles, uh, California. You must not say that you now walk the final way Because the darkened heavens hide the blue of day. The time we've longed for will at last draw near. And our steps as drums will sound that we are here. From land all green with palms to lands all white with snow. We now arrive with all our pain and all our woe. Where our blood sprayed out and came to touch the land. There our
1: courage and our faith will rise and stand.